Just a little bit more about myself just before I minister the word of God, you know, because I want you to know and in where I'm coming from so that you can celebrate and thank God for the miracle that is standing before you. I always say to people, I'm a miracle man of God. You know, my mom, my mom, Uzalwa Gamtambo, and then Ukuliswa Hunobo. That is my mom. She gets married to Matebula, who was carrying a same name, Yagam Gomezul. They get married. When I was one year, six months, Matebula passed on. And my mom got married again to a man who was called Umtanjera, a vendor man. We moved from Gomezulu to Mtanjera. Mtanjera could not last. Probably after three years, he left. My mom got married again to Umtembu. We had to change the surname now and move to Mtembu. And Mtembu could not even remain. And things just got complicated. And then that is when I decided later on to move to Matebula surname. But why I'm telling you that? Because life was so heavy. At the age of 10, I had to run away from home. And I find myself in the streets of Johannesburg for five years, where the devil nearly destroyed my life. For five years, I was taking drugs. I was taking glue at that time. And by God's grace, a woman discovered me at the age of 15, took me back home and said, you know what? They need you at home. Go back home. And then I will take a responsibility of taking you to school. At the age of 15, I was taught how to read again at the age of 15. And by God's grace, I finished my metric. I didn't say I passed my metric. I finished my metric <laughs> at the age of 22. At the age of 22. And why am I telling you that? I'm telling you that because I'm a miracle. I am a miracle. For me standing here, speaking like this, Bishop, it's a miracle. And that is why when Bishop asked me to come and minister, especially this morning, I just thought, let me speak something that will make sense to you, that will encourage you, that will take you to another level. So I have entitled my message this morning, Advancing in the Midst of Adversity. Advancing in the midst of adversity, that is what I am going to talk about. So it is a fact that life can be ruthless even at the best of times. That is what life can do. We are often faced with one adversity after another. And when you look at that word adversity or the word advance, before we look at the word adversity, the word to advance simply means to gain ground, to move forward in a purposeful way, to accelerate growth, to increase in quantity, to progress, and to succeed. That is the definition of the word to advance. And on the other side, when you look at the word adversity, it simply means a condition marked by continuous sufferings and hardship involving, Bamba, anguish, pressure, trials, heartache, 
drought and disappointments. Adversity, it is more than just one difficulty or setback. It's a series of misfortune that keeps you from advancing or progressing. Those of you, you know, who have been alive for some times, you would remember a man by the name of Mparanyane. You know, he used to sing a song that says, Do you know that song, Basalwane? So adversity does that. While you are busy fixing something, something on the other side, it is breaking. These other things are not coming right. And sometimes you even feel this is the devil who is after me. Listen to me, my darling. It is what we call adversity. It's what we call life. Welcome to life. When you begin to face things like that, you need to define those things as what, Bazalwane? As life. Amen. Bambag, as we move on. Everyone will experience adversity at some point in life. Did you hear what I said? Everybody. It doesn't matter educated or not. All of us will experience adversity at some point in our life. We cannot choose, number two, we cannot choose adversity. But we can choose how we respond in the midst of it. Because adversity will come. Number three on this fact is that our attitude in the midst of adversity will determine our outcome. Because adversity is what we are going to face. You are white, you are black, you are yellow, you are green. As long as you are still alive, you are going to face this thing. But the question is, how do you respond when you are facing adversity? And my message, it is based on that. Especially living in South Africa. I never thought I would buy a liter of a petrol in a 17 rand. You would agree with me. We are living in the midst of adversity. Now let us look at people because God cannot say to you advance and then without giving you a proof in the scripture. There are people in the Bible who have advanced in the midst of adversity. And the first person that I can think of this morning, it is a man by the name of Paul. Listen what the scripture says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 9. It says, I was given a thorn in my flesh. This is Paul. He says, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Listen what it says in verse 8. He says, three times... I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. The Bible says he prayed three times. He said, Lord, remove this adversity. Remove this pain. Remove this, this, this struggle in my life. 
And God said, I'm not going to remove it. But all that I'm going to do, I am going to give you strength. I am going to give you power to advance in the midst of adversity. I'm not going to move the problems away. Problems will remain. But I'm going to give you power to advance in the midst of adversity. Can I speak to somebody this morning? Maybe you are facing adversity. Maybe you are facing challenges. I pray and I declare that there is a grace of God over your life and you're going to succeed. You're going to advance in the midst of adversity. That says the Lord. That problem is not going to kill you, my darling. But you're going to rise above it. Because His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. You're going to advance. Sometimes we want the Lord to take it away. And the Lord says, I'm not going to take it away. I want you to advance so that people can honor my name. So that people can glorify me. How can they glorify me if I keep on taking problems away from you? I must allow problems to come on your way so that they can lift up my name and know that I'm the God who is able. Come on, shout amen in this place. Shout amen in this place. Look at your neighbor and say advance. Advance. Keep on moving. The second person I can think of this morning it is a man by the name of Joseph. After his struggles and after his pains being betrayed by his brothers. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 41 Joseph was blessed with two sons. And the Bible says Joseph named his second son Ephraim. For he said God has made me what? He has made me fruitful in the land of what? In the land of what? And God has made me what? Fruitful. God has made me to advance in the land of my affliction. The very same thing that were meant to destroy me. God has made me to do what? To advance. The very same things were supposed to kill me. God make use of them to accelerate me. To advance me. In the land of my affliction, God made me fruitful. Can I declare this morning that in the land of your affliction, may the good God make you fruitful. In the land of your affliction, may the good God make you what? Fruitful. That's what I declare. The very same company that you are working for. You never saw some fruits in your company. You know, people betrayed you. You know, they, 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 they promoted other people instead of promoting you. You suffered pain in your company. But I declare, Bishop, at the sound of my voice this morning, that God in the place of your affliction, God is going to elevate you. He's going to promote you and take you to another level. Look at the person next to you and say, advance in spite of. Look at the third one. Yes, there another. I'm still giving some of the people who advance in the midst of adversity. The Bible talks about the Israelites. After so many years in affliction, in affliction or in bondage, in the book of Exodus chapter 1, verse 11, it says, So the Egyptians appointed taskmasters over the Israelites to do what, Basalwane? 
to oppress them with what? With forced labor. But verse 12 says, but the more they were oppressed, the more they were oppressed, the more they did what, Bazalwane? The more they multiplied and flourished, advancing in the midst of what, Bazalwane? Of adversity. The more they punished them, the more, the more, the more, the more, the more they became fruitful. Because, you know, problems, they don't kill Christians. Problems, they make Christians to become better. You know, the, the attitude that I have this morning is that when I face problems, I don't run away. I look at the devil right in his eyes. I said, devil, bring it on. I said, bring it on. I said, bring it on. I said, bring it on. Bring it on. I said, bring it on. Because problems, they make me better. Thank God that my father was not there to raise me. Thank God that I moved from one surname to the other. Thank the God that I did not have an identity. But all those things did not kill me. Those things, they made me better. I am standing this morning because of the affliction. That is why I can face the devil and say, bring it on. Say, bring it on. Because they are there to make you better. Come and give God praise in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please be seated. Let us read the scripture of the day. That was an intro, by the way. Let's read the scripture of the day. Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. What comes to your mind when you think of Jeremiah 29? Verse I know the plans I have for you. Gulas kichimelako na gulas kichimelako. Sitandu verse eleven. I against alugu verse four. Against alugu verse four. Before you can for verse eleven to make sense, it must start in verse four. Verse four says, "This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon." I need, you need to mark something. It was not even the devil who carried them to exile. God says, I carried them to exile. We need to be careful to keep on binding the devil even when it's not necessary. Most of the time we give the devil a credit. So this time God says, I'm the one who's carried them to where? Barcelona, to exile. And while they're in, the, in exile, listen to what God says. He says, in exile, right in your adversity, I want you to build houses. Build houses. And settle down. In adversity. He says, I want you to build houses right there. And you settle down. Listen, you plant gardens and eat what they produce. God says you are in exile, but I want you to settle down there. You must chill, man. You must chill. You must chill in exile. And you plant garden and I want you to eat the fruit from the garden that you have planted in adversity, in exile. My goodness me. So this simply says you can prosper anywhere. If God is on your side, it doesn't matter where you are. If God is your God, even in exile, he can prosper you right there. Even in the township, God can prosper you right there. You don't have to run away and go somewhere, but God. 
my goodness me. And verse 6 says, right there in, uh, in adversity, you marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. You know, you know, you know what is happening here, Pastor You know what is happening? When, when you don't grow, when you don't advance in the midst of adversity, you are depriving other people as well. God says you need to advance. And when you advance, even your children are going to advance. That is why you cannot gamble with the life of the next generation. When you fail now in the midst of adversity, you are not failing alone, but you are also depriving the next generation. But when you pass, when you pass the test, when you advance, you are not just advancing for yourself, but you are advancing for the sake of the generation, those who are coming behind you. So, it is a must for you to advance. And he also says in verse 7, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. That is why we need to pray for this government. That is why we need to pray for them. I know sometimes we, 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 we get broken, we get disappointed. I never thought I would live in a country Lapo public. I never thought of that. You can carry three kilograms. As long as it's three kilograms, it, it, it is personal use. It is okay. I never thought. I never thought. Being a young person who was nearly destroyed by Dacha, but today we are living in the place. But you know what, Bazalwane? You don't just get angry on your government. And the Bible says you pray for them. You pray for them. You said, Lord, let them prosper. Lord, do them good. Here is our president. Every day, here is our cabinet. Lord, we pray. Here are our ministers. We pray for them because if they prosper, we are going to prosper. But if we curse them, we are going to experience the curse. But people who are advancing in the midst of adversity, they understand their role and they continue to speak the blessing over them. And in verse 8 says, yes, this is what the Lord Almighty the God of Israel says, do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Well, this is a sermon for another day. But you see, the truth is, when you are in the midst of adversity, prophets, they take advantage of that. Right here in the scripture, when they were in adversity in Babylon, other people came and prophesied. And say that saves the Lord. It is me. Zotwa, zotwa, sonto. Hear me, hear me. Ay, ay, vach, vach. Chill, chill. Relax, relax. Relax. Oh, eight three five four four triple zero eight. In number gabanile is the someone's cell phone. Right here. Now yes, win. They will come. Take advantage. Because you are in the midst of adversity. Look at the person next to you and say, I refuse. I refuse to be robbed. I refuse to be robbed. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we're not going to allow anybody to take advantage of us just because we are in the midst of adversity. We know the promises. We know that the one who has promised is not a liar. He's not a man that he should lie. Whatever he promises, it shall come to pass because his name is Jehovah. He will never move. He remains the same. Whatever he promises, it shall come to pass. His name is Jehovah, the one who provides. If you believe him, say Amen, and I know he's the provider. And then thereafter, he says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. And that is when verse 11 makes sense now. He says, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. He says, these are the plans to prosper you. These are the plans to give you a bright future. These are the plans to give you life. Now, verse 11 begins to make sense. Are you good this morning? Are you good this morning? Now, in the next 17 minutes, let me give you some five points. How to advance in the midst of adversity. How to advance in the midst of adversity. Are you good? Are you ready for this? If you want to advance in the midst of adversity, number one, stay connected to the source amidst adversity. You need to stay connected to the source. Stay connected. The word stay simply means be glued. Jesus says, abide in me and I will abide in you. Let nothing separate you from the love of God. Can I have a chair, man of God? Can I have a, borrow me a chair, just one chair. Stay connected to the source. You stay connected to the source. It doesn't matter what comes your way. Utucheso, abide in me and I will abide in you. The Zulu translation says, Salanigimi. That is a Zulu translation. The, the, the Zonga translation says, Tamani ekamina. Namina nitama ekamina. Hallelujah. You abide in him. Jesus says, Salagimi. Agazane ati. Ah, utisala. Full force. You know, they will come from the north. In the midst of adversity, let nothing move you from the love of God. Sala, 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 sala. Look at your neighbor and say, Sala. Remain. Your children in Yawupa, when's the Chani? Sala. It's what I call stubborn faith. That is a stubborn faith. 
even if they offend you in the church you are saying I'm not in this church because of a man I'm in this church because God has called me right here it doesn't matter who does what but I will do what but I will do what no matter what I will remain here over the years I've been troubled by Christians Christians have a baby have a nana Christians small things makes them to leave the church small things really can I really prepare a sermon for you to special you prepare a sermon for when you think you are special. Because they fall. They live here. They go to another church. They preach there. And then they come. Even the husband with the big head like mine is following. Hi, Basalwan. Get me now when Zajan Basalwan. We are in the midst of adversity. Listen to me, Basalwan. There's no adversity that is there permanently. Hey, all shall come and pass. Adversity is not there forever. It is for a season. And after the season, God will take you to a place of blessing because that is the God that we serve. Come and give God praise. So stay, stay connected. Number two, obey God's word amidst adversity. You need to obey God's word. The Bible says your word is a lamp to my feet and the light to my path. David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, ah, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil because goodness and mercy. Can I have my goodness and mercy? Come, Paul. Come, 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 come. Come. These are my goodness and mercy. Because you are following the word. You are following God. You are following God's instruction. Oh, to David, even though I walk through the valley, you know, I will fear no evil because goodness and mercy shall follow me wherever I go. It doesn't matter what I am facing because goodness and mercy shall follow me when I come, when I come through the valley of the shadow of death. He says, I fear no evil because goodness and mercy shall follow me when I face the mountains all that I need to know is that behind me that's it thank you goodness and mercy let's encourage goodness and mercy 
praise the name of Jesus. Stick to the word. Stick to the word. These are promises of God. It says, my goodness and mercy will be with you forever. And then number three, how to advance in the midst of adversity. You continue to sow good seeds amidst adversity. You continue to sow good seeds in the midst of adversity. You continue to cast your bread upon the waters. Because for after many days, you will find it. Isaac, Isaac, don't run away. Don't run away. That is Genesis 26. The Bible says there was a famine besides the former famine. And then Isaac wanted to leave the place. He consulted the king. He said, I want to leave. And God appeared to him and said, listen, young man, you don't leave where you are. You remain where you are. You remain where you are. Verse 12 says, and Isaac, you know, sow a seed. Where, Bazalwane? In the place of adversity, where there was a famine. Because when you are facing a famine, you know, you don't compromise. You don't, you don't, you don't actually steal your future by not sowing good seeds. If you don't sow in the midst of adversity, when adversity it is over, what are you going to harvest? So Isaac, in the midst of adversity, you must continue to sow seeds. Sow seeds in the midst of adversity because adversity it is not there permanently and the Bible says Isaac obeyed God he obeyed God Isaac obeyed God he obeyed God and you know what when he obeyed God listen what the Bible says in verse 3 of chapter 26 it is not on your slide but it says he dwelt in the land and in that land God blessed him he blessed him and the Bible says he began to prosper and he continued prospering. And he became prosperous. Different levels of prosperity. But you know what you do? You sow seeds, good seeds. In the midst of adversity. Well, I don't know, I saw it in my bishop. The moment he petrol, he People, they reduce. People, they don't want to give and say, Muruti must understand. It's recession time. It's recession, I tell you now. But the scripture says, in the midst of adversity, you do what, Bazalwan? You sow good seeds. You love them. You love them. You know, I had a sister. My sister was a very tough, tough woman. When I got married to, to my wife, and then she faced my wife and said, you know what, I don't like you. <laughs> and I don't want you. I don't think you deserve my brother. <laughs> I don't understand. And my, my wife suffered big time. But you know my, what my wife said? said, you know what, I'm going to sow good seeds. In the midst of these pains, I will continue to do what, Barcelona? To sow good seeds. You know, she made sure that every birthday, yeah, okay, she would buy flowers and buy gifts. You know, just to love this woman, sowing good seeds. When my sister was about to die, let me tell you, she didn't want to see me, not even her children. She said, oh, pupindi. The only person who can speak to me and speak sense in my life. It is Pindi. 
When she died, they were best friends like this. You see, the problem is that when we are facing adversity, we stop doing good because of people. We become like those people who are causing us pain. Refuse to be like them. Continue to serve. Continue to do good. Continue to sow good seeds. Continue to worship God. Continue to love. Even if your man does not show you love, you continue to sow good seeds. Because the reward does not come from the north or south, but the reward comes from the Lord. God, he is your reward. If you do that, God will do you good. Is this a good word? And then number four, number four, before I close, keep persisting amidst adversity. Paul says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have laid hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. He says, I press on towards the goal. That is Philippians 3 verse 13. He says in verse 14, I press on towards the goal to win the prize. You see, you press on because there is a resistance. That is why he says I press on. So what you do? Here, you persist. You keep on persisting in the midst of adversity. And the last one is I close. You keep right company. Keep right company amidst adversity. When you are going through adversity, get people who are going to speak life to you. Ungati, you are about to face a divorce. And you go to somebody who has just divorced. Who's a fellow? I'm a daughter. 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 Because of one man. So you need people who are going to speak life. When you are down, you need people who are going to elevate you. Because when I'm weak, I need somebody who is strong. That is why you cannot separate yourself from Jesus. Because Jesus says, you know, when you are weak, I am strong. Hallelujah, you need somebody who is going to carry you when you are down. You need people who are going to speak life. You need people who are going to carry you into the presence of the Lord. Not people who are going to gossip about your struggles, but people who are going to take your pains and bring them in the presence of the Lord and say, my brother, my brother, he is sick, he is not well. But here we are. We have brought him. You remember the Bible talks about these four men who are carrying a paralyzed man. You see, when you are paralyzed, you cannot, you know, depend on people who are paralyzed. 
But when you are paralyzed, you need men who are strong, women who are strong. And the Bible says they came and then there was a crowd in and there was a crowd outside. But because these people had a mission, they wanted to see their friends, you know, receiving his miracle. They said there is nothing that's going to stop us now. Even if the doors are closed, if the doors are closed, we're going to open another door. We're going to climb the roof for the sake of our friends. We're going to climb the roof. It doesn't matter. We're going to deal with the damage later on. But for now, we want our friends to receive the healing. And the Bible says they open someone's roof and they drop this man right into the feet of Jesus. And the Bible says when Jesus saw the faith, not of the paralyzed man, but the faith of this man who brought the paralyzed man, and Jesus says, you are healed. What type of a company do you have? In the midst of adversity, find a good company. Would you please stand on your feet? We keep on pushing, Bazelwan. Don't give up. I am here to say one thing. Don't give up. Doesn't matter what you are going through. Don't give up. Don't give up. It is not even worth it to take a rope and hang yourself. No, don't do it, my dear. Don't do it, my son. Don't do it, my boy. Don't do it, my girl. It doesn't matter even if he did not marry you. It doesn't matter even if he said he does not know this baby. I know, I know, I know. He doesn't want to support him, but please don't give up. Don't give up in the midst of adversity. Here is my message. Even this one is out ruler with God on your side. If God is on your side, it doesn't matter who is standing against you. If God, if God, if God is on your side, if I'm standing here, Bazalwan, if I'm standing here, surviving all these things, surviving all these things. Bishop, a few years ago, when we were blessed with our first boy, four days later, the doctor said, I'm sorry, we have blundered. We're putting a drip and your boy is complicated. He's going to die. To cut the long story short, the boy died. After cutting, imputating the left leg, he was brain dead. I mean, this was a promise from the Lord. First born, first boy, it was a painful experience. I remember quoting scriptures and saying, Lord, you said, he will never die. He will live and declare the works of God. But why this? I said, God, I never cheated with anybody. I never abused the finances of the church. Why do you allow this to happen to me? It was a moment of pain. It was a moment of sorrow. For six months, my bishop, I could not even read the Bible. Could not even pray. Could not even go and preach. Because I felt that God betrayed me. I felt that God was not faithful. I was hurting. I was bleeding. I was bleeding. It was worse with my wife. The baby's not there. But the breast is full of milk. What do you do? You don't have a promise. But there are some signs of a promise. Are you with me? It was a painful experience in our lives. 
Even the elders could not even face us. They would run away from us because sometimes God promotes you so much to a point that there is no one who can be there to minister to you. It was a painful moment. Two years later, how I wish I could show the photos. Two years later, God bless us with the twins. Two boys. Two boys. Nale, the one that we are facing right now. I don't know what is it. It may not be like mine, but even this one is our ruler. Because with God on your side, He will do it in the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask the bishop to come. But I know there are people here, they are so discouraged. There are people here, they are so broken. There are people here, they're just about to throw away the tower. I strongly believe the Lord has sent me just for you to say, don't give up. Nalena is our ruler. If you need ministry, the bishop is going to do that. I think it is the right time for you to do that in the name of Jesus. Is that okay, bishop? Praise the name. God is restoring hopes, people's hopes, dreams that have been broken, promises that have been shattered. You are not here by mistake. You are here by God's design. This altar this morning is open. Just like it happened in the days of Jesus when an angel went down to stir. The rivers of Bethesda. And for the life to be there. Come this morning, whoever you are. You want to come and just kneel before God. And as you kneel before God, I want you to just tell God what you're going through. But after that, receive his promise. Kneel in this altar. We're not enough.